they would convince the masses, one form of government is to convince the masses of something and make them overtake anybody else. Eventually, this form of government leads to this. And then the and then they could overtake everybody else who doesn't agree. But that government always fails every single time history shows. And that was a democratic government. I think the general public probably shouldn't be in the position or the profession of tattling or telling on people. Mm. I think throughout history, we've seen that um, there's been genocides that have been committed, um, you know, by the by the tens and twenties, you know, that I can come up with mm -hmm. specifically on telling on your neighbors and 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 not respecting their, their their personal beliefs and their private boundaries. Welcome to Acts Two and Forty Two. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories and testimonies, real church talk. Welcome to Acts Two and Forty Two. All right, guys, welcome back to Acts 242 Podcast. Uh, for those of you that uh, this is your first time, we've got a couple uh, guests with us today, but um, this podcast is essentially, you know, Christian-based, and it's about, you know, the the emphasis and the focus on the teaching of the apostles and prayer, breaking bread, um, fellowship in general. But um, what we do is we have discussions about all these different beliefs, all these different topics, um, respectfully, you know, discor uh, discourse between each other. Um, to hopefully find common ground and to grow. Um, now, because we live in a secular world, we talk about things secular, we talk about a bunch of different things going on, and today we want to talk about um, the powers of government. You know, especially in today's time, uh, with, with recent policies and mandates, it really begs a discussion. Now, I do want to say before I introduce our guest that um, on behalf of myself, you know, and this podcast in general, um, we definitely speak in respect to all those affected. So this is not in any way callous or cold. Um, I'm not, I don't think it's a hoax. I don't think, you know, anything, you know, like that. But because it, it's, you start asking questions or having discussions and people jump to things like, oh, well, you think it's a hoax or you're offending the, 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 the victims and everything. Don't want to do anything of that. But we need a healthy discussion on, you know, the role of government. Can they go too far? Have they gone too far? How do we know when they've gone too far? And then what do we do? So without further ado, um, my first uh, you know, guest that I'll introduce, um, she's been on, on the podcast before. She was on the podcast where we discussed um, marijuana um, and the legislative and the, the dispensaries and everything. Um, she's very active in the lawmaking process, I believe, maybe lobbying and protesting. She's a veteran. Uh, Kim, Kim Petters, you know, thank you very much. How are you doing? Ah, hi, thanks for having me back on again. I'm doing well, doing well, ready for all this Corona stuff to be over and behind us, but doing well otherwise. Awesome. And you have a friend with you. I do. This is my friend, Steve McGuire. He's also a veteran. We met on a BBC interview one day and became instant buds and have worked together legislatively. Um, over the last, I'd say, what's it been like three years now? Yeah. About three years. Three yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So this is Steve. <laughs> so you guys have been on the, uh, on the front lines, you know, not of the, the virus. Um, I know that, no. that's a popular term now, you know, but the front lines of the, the legal processes and, and, um, yeah. So, so, so Steve, if I, if I may, um, I've talked to Kim a little bit, but what interests you about, you know, joining us today to talk about this? Um, I'm always uh, 
happy to give like uh, perspective from 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 veterans uh, and 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 in any issue. Um, I'm also uh, from north of the canal, so uh, I guess uh, I'd like to consider myself more of a in the center, a moderate kind of person. So um, uh, I always like to be a little bit of voice of reason. I like to consider myself. Uh, pragmatic rather than an idealist. So um, I always like to, I, I don't know, play devil's advocate. So in, in, in the conversation and things and try to get people thinking instead of, you know, just having blinders on. So uh, I'm always, as soon, as soon as she asked me to come down, I was like, yeah, I'll definitely come down and have some discussions. So. Cool. Cool. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, now, before we jump in, I want to ask both of you, I saw a meme and I want to get your view on it. Right. Mm. Um, God knows we're a culture, we're a society of memes, you know, uh, it's it runs rampant. It's it's kind of ridiculous at times, but good for a laugh. Um, so I saw a meme, right? And it was um, one side was, you know, the president says churches must open. The other side says the governor says, no, they stay closed. And at the bottom, it was a nervous Christian saying, well, you know, Romans 13, I'm supposed to obey the government, but who do I obey? So I know it was humor, but it's it's a real conundrum you know, situation. Um, any thoughts on that? Either, either of you? Hmm. You know, that's a tough one because mm -hmm. when Corona first popped off, it was all about, you know, everyone's got to isolate and we all need to quarantine and stay home. And that includes churches mm -hmm. because we need to give our hospitals time to ramp up and time to, you know, prepare. And, you know, with the numbers we were given, that seemed really reasonable. You know, we set up extra hospitals. We, you know, everyone did that. Um, but then it, it just kept going. And, you know, to my knowledge, churches in Delaware were shut down, but I just saw a news article the other day of saying Governor Carney is claiming he never shut down churches. Mm. So that's a little confusing. Um, you know, I, I feel like as the numbers came in and the new information came in and we saw, you know, exactly you know, which population this affects more. I feel like at some point, churches absolutely should have been opened back up. The education should have been put out there. And, you know, if someone is immune compromised mm -hmm. or, you know, elderly or mm -hmm. has any reason at all to feel like maybe they can't attend, well, then they could attend online. Most churches are doing that. Right. Um, you know, but to say everybody can after we received more information, I kind of do feel like that was a little bit of an overstep. But now I'm confused because Governor Carney saying he never did that. So, right there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of changing. Oh, okay, we got someone uh, tapping in. Okay, Steve. Yep. Governor Carney didn't actually shut churches down. What he did was put a limit on how many people can gather inside buildings at ten. So churches shut themselves down under that understanding. Now, the question remains now, was that a business decision? And um, do churches, are, are they essential? And they get to disregard that 10-person that rule. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. That's, that, that's the way I saw it. Mm -hmm. gotcha. Honestly, if you were to ask me that same question and it was a virus like Ebola, I would say absolutely not close everything down. And I'm sorry, but you are not going to be able to. That's an overstep. I mean, people need church for all different reasons. You know, they're 
the only threat was not just the virus. You know, there are some people that truly, a lot of people that rely on that faith to get them through a lot of times. And people, as human beings, we need that connection. We, we need that, that community. And I feel like taking that away from people and restricting it by number, the amount of people that can gather, if that's what we're going to call it, mm-hmm. which I do understand. That was a really good point. Um, I feel like none of the consequences of doing so were also taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not Ebola. This is something that could have been handled differently, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I feel. I feel like that uh, people need that. And in many cases, truly, yes, for survival. Absolutely. You know, depression is real. Anxiety is real. People need hope. Mm-hmm. They, they need prayer. They, and you know what, that can't just happen through a computer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the, the, the human loving connection needs to be there. And, and it was at a time where it could not have been worse. It was at a time where families were facing so much crisis because they were either affected financially or, you know, maybe they were struggling and all their outlets were taken away. I have so many friends that work out in the gym all the time and they were struggling with mental health issues they didn't even know that they had because that was taken away from them. Mm. And in the same thing with church, I know it's religion, but the same thing with the gym, what are the unintended consequences of taking those away from people within the community? And I don't feel like any of that was considered either. Mm-hmm. There's a news article out that just said that there was a, a raise in the amount of overdoses, both um, in, in opioids and in alcohol-related uh, um, issues. Mm-hmm. People self-medicating. So people are right. self-medicating from the depression, and that's definitely one of the side effects of just crashing an economy based on this pandemic. Right. Right. So, man, oh, man. Um So much. <laughs> so much. So much to discuss. Um, we're going to need a part two. Um so, all right now. I guess I guess to to kind of concu- conclude that thought, you know. What? Can I add one more thing? Yes. A lot of ch- churches they they also it's not just about meeting together and praising and worshiping and learning. It, it it's it's also a lot of fundraising happens mm-hmm. with churches. A lot of churches do a lot of community outreach and 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 networking and and they're there where the government isn't or can't be okay so all that was taken away also there's a lot of churches that help with homeless or to have counseling you know they offer counseling where people can't afford it and you know there are just so many things that were just wiped out taken away at a time when everybody probably needed it the most right and i think i think that um that's probably relative to a lot of a lot of other either industries or organizations um, comparable to churches. That, but again, you don't know the indirect, you know, kind of cause and effect, domino effect that the other roles that they play, you know, other than like you mentioned with, with a church just gathering for for worship or whatever. Um, that you don't you you know, I, and I think that's one of the cr- criticisms I've heard um, is that there really wasn't a proper cost benefit analysis done of like, what damage could this do? Like, I know we're concerned about the virus, but what are, what's going to be the, the, the overall effect of shutting these things down? Um, I don't think that that was kind of weighed in the balance before making those decisions, but, um, but nonetheless, you know, so at the end of the day, I mean, as a citizen, you know, here in Delaware, do I, do I listen to Carney? Well, assume let's, let's assume for a second that he closed down churches. Um, but do, so do you listen to Carney or do you listen to President Trump? 
at the end of the day, I would listen to neither and do okay. what's best for me and my family, to be yeah. completely honest. To me, um, I think the Ninth Amendment kind of pushes that all out, which which states that anything that's not discussed in the Constitution falls upon the state. So right now, and, and the way I'm kind of looking at it is G Governor Carney does have the authority at this point, mm -hmm. but if there was an issue, I think that the federal government could come down by by executive order mm -hmm. and press these governors in, in a way. Uh, and then, of course, there'll be lawsuits. We talked about it beforehand, and and then we'll all play out in the courts and decide you know, who's actually right in this in this whole thing because it, it's it's definitely confusing and 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 it's one of those things that it, it kind of reminds me of marijuana laws right now, like. Are the states actually the ones in control of their own, you know, cannabis industry? And as you know, way it is right now with the different memos and stuff. Yes, they are. But if the federal government wanted to come down on this, they absolutely have the ability to come down and right. and and crush everybody in this industry if they truly wanted to. It would be a bad move, mm -hmm. but they could. Right. To be honest with you, I have thought about this at, at first. You know, when we got the impression that, you know, this is going to be bad and it, it could wipe out millions mm -hmm. and, and this and that, um, I was hoping, I was actually thankful that we had President Trump in office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my degrees is actually in public health. And I actually worked for the DOD um, mm -hmm. while I was active duty um, in contact tracing, specifically calm disease. So wow. at first... When all the information was coming in, right. I immediately was grateful that we had President Trump because I knew that he would shut down our borders mm -hmm. unapologetically if and when we needed it right off the bat. So, And I also knew that if states decided not to shut down, so the governors that we're talking about, the state for President Trump versus our governors, mm -hmm. I knew that if it was really bad, he would shut down the states. I mm -hmm. felt very confident in that. Now that we have more information about the coronavirus and, you know, we're on the downslope and, you know, people are very educated and whatnot. Now I am glad that we have President Trump in office because I know if some states decide to lollygag, if you will, and not open up businesses and, you know, just really continue to infringe on rights where it's not in the way of public health benefit, mm -hmm. I feel confident that President Trump will come and save us quite honestly and save our economy at least i hope he would mm -hmm. wow and i wow. hope that he would override our governor you know if this were to go on and if all these restrictions would remain in place and you know you watch suicides rise and you watch the overdose rates continue and you watch families you know fall apart due to economic and financial struggle yeah i i do think that president trump i hope that he would step in um and you know so i haven't I don't know how I feel right now. You know, June 1st, we're opening back up a little bit. I hope to see way more progress. I do not want to send my child back to school wearing a mask, all that. Um, you know, so um, we're going to wait and see. But depending on how it goes, I hope President Trump steps in. Okay. Um, what about, so anything throughout this, um, Steve, I'll start with you, if that's all right. Anything throughout this that you think um, policies or actions taken may have gone too far, like legal, you know, uh, like as far as what authority or power they're granted versus the policies enacted. Do you think all of it's in line and 100% legit or any of it too far? Um, I think it's uh, quite a bit of it's too far. Okay. Um, I think um, 
the idea that um, a Walmart is is safer than going to a mom and pop sh- uh, store on Main Street mm-hmm. is just is lunacy. And I don't know if it was one of those things of you know everybody is 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 given a code for some kind of business that they're in, and they just did blanket code things, and then you could appeal as you go through. But like our our friend Sam Chick's shop, you know, he he runs a vape shop in in, in Dover, mm-hmm. and so vape industry it, to me is one of those industries that is a stepping stone away from smoking. So that's something to me that he provides a service that's a little essential for a group of individuals. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he had this code and the governor said, no, this code, you know, is not allowed to stay open to a point where the Dover Police Department came and and, and arrested him for right. continuing to work. That definitely steps over its bounds, because why is it not safe to go into my friend's shop to do the shopping that I want to do? With has one to two people in it mm-hmm. at max, but it's totally cool to go stand in a line at Walmart mm-hmm. that goes around the building and go in there and spend the money. That to me is one of those things where they're thinking of um, corporate rather than Main Street, and that kind of goes against the way that things should be, especially in this small state, uh, be pushed. So, it, I, in my opinion, definitely, definitely steps over a lot of boundaries when when you tank. What the majority of the economy is small businesses. That's what definitely mm-hmm. drives this right. whole thing. Yep. So just wow. stepping on their neck is just it's 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 ill advised and it's just it's financial. It's just dumb. And you would think that Governor Carney, being such uh, an individual that prides himself on fine finance and making sure that the budget is balanced and stuff, could have foresaw a little bit of this. Like you know, hey maybe two weeks. Let's get some recommendations because these recommendations came out pretty quickly about social distancing and masks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm it definitely could be implemented a long time before June 1st. So right. that's my issue with it, like maybe two weeks to get our grasp. And, you know, I understand that emergency comes and, you know, even the military, you know, it's like, hey, uh, change a plan. This is how we have to do things for a little bit. But mm-hmm. eventually we get data and data should drive the policy and not fear. Right. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't, I'm not a fan of Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, or backseat drivers mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. And it's easy to mm-hmm. do that. It's easy when you're not the person or the people or the group, you know, um, that has to, you know, make these important decisions. And, and they, they're basing on, hopefully, like you said, it should be based on data and, you know, whatever you're hoping it's based on some type of data, some type of logic. But all that being said, it's still like you, the examples you gave, it's still hard to see some of the logic. It's still hard to understand how you say this is okay and not mm-hmm. this, how you, you know, um, so I just I just you know think it's fair to give respect because if if you've been in a position like that you've have a bunch of people second guessing you, and some of them don't know the half of what you know you know or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, yeah. So so uh, Kim, are you in agreement? Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. So I would just like to say right off the bat, gun shops were closed down. That was and- weird. Yeah, that was weird. And so all gun advocates, um, it wasn't just one or two groups. It Mm -hmm. was a whole bunch and it was a whole bunch of individuals who had to come forward. And when we were working with the governor, they were coming back saying, well, we'll make it on an application basis that they can open up back up. Absolutely not. This is absolutely essential. And the fact that, yes, Governor Carney did um, backpedal and and I, I actually respect him very much for um, hearing us out and uh, gun, us gun advocates mm-hmm. and um, 
and, and making us essential, but we should have been from the beginning. So that was a little scary because that didn't come without a huge uproar and fight. Okay. And so when people are worried about their families and we're all shutting down and we think Corona is really bad because no one really knows what's happening at a time like that, we also had to fight for our second amendment rights. And I honestly am not going to forget that that's not okay. Mm. You cannot get caught sleeping in this state because your rights will be taken real quick. And that's how I feel. Second of all, big business made out like bandits. They were, they were, you know, put in position to roll in the dough. They really did. And meanwhile, small businesses, they are, you know, a lot of small businesses aren't even in the position of paying themselves. Half of them are only paying their employees. Yep. They're just staying by. They're paying, they're just getting by, paying their bills. This is going to destroy families, absolutely destroy yeah. families. There's this family that lives, I live in a beautiful neighborhood in Magnolia, and I feel very um, blessed and glad that we worked very hard to get here um, and have this beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. Next door, um, same scenario, beautiful neighborhood. And there's this family who I always saw going on, you know, cruises and, you know, has this and that and just all the bells and whistles. Well, guess what? That family is now in line at the food banks trying to get a box of food to feed their family. Because even people who were well off were just a couple paychecks away mm -hmm. from being financially in crisis. And this has done so much damage, the amount of damage. And you know what? It wasn't big business that suffered. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, and that's not okay. That's not okay. I think quite a few boundaries were set. And why are we wearing masks now? several weeks into it. Can we talk about how absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that right. is? Governor Carney, I respect you right. and I like you. I really do. I just, why are it's we hard. wearing masks? Right. How many weeks into it? This is just absolutely ridiculous and quite frankly, traumatic for kids. Please don't make our kids go back to school wearing masks. Wow. I don't know. A lot of this was handled wrong. It's really scary to me how fast the government could take over. And I think if it were to continue, I do think there would be an uprising because at some point people have nothing to lose. Right. When you have nothing more to lose, you're going to see people fight for their family. Yep. At the end of the day, I don't care about anything but providing for my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one. Everyone feels that way. So is it, what, what do you guys think about this? Um, you know, we're all in this together. No, we're not. We are not all in this together. It Let sounds nice. And, and for you to say that, you're a bad person. Right? Listen. <laughs> yeah. No, right. no, no, no. We're not all in this together. There are right. people that are sleeping at night, and, and when they fall asleep, they're fine because this has been a break, and they don't mind the yep. isolation, and they're financially fell off, well off. There are people going to sleep at night wondering right. how they're going to feed their family tomorrow. They're wondering why their uh, unemployment check hasn't come in yet. Mm. There are people stressing out because they don't have internet connection for homeschool. There was no homeschool backup plan for our absolutely should have planned for this. This is something that our, we should have had a contingency plan in place for what if students cannot return to their physical buildings for education. Education has absolutely been halted. Some kids, they don't have loving parents. Mm -hmm. They don't have parents trying to make it fun and doing crafts and posting little, little pictures of, oh, look, we just opened the pool and it's going to be the best. No. Right. Some kids are sitting without electricity, with, a, with an addicted parent, in an abusive situation. Yep. There are people who already were teetering with their mental health. And guess what? This was enough to push 
them over the edge. Veterans, especially Memorial Day, never been so worried about the veteran community. Hard day for many. And you know what the number one killer for the veteran community is? Isolation. Mm. <laughs> so no, we are not all in this together. I know people that have uh, cancer, but first, mm -hmm. before they can start their chemo treatments, they had to get surgery. Well, guess what surgery was canceled? Right. Delay in care leads to death, yep. not just COVID-19. Yep. Isolation leads to death, not just COVID-19, as does poverty and stress. And none of that was taken into consideration. And if it was, it was too damn late. The damage has been done. Mm -hmm. Yep. I heard a I'm lot sorry. of- I'm sorry. I just feel like this was all handled wrong. And I'm sorry for getting fired up. No. I just haven't spoken about much of this publicly, but if you're going to ask me questions, you're going to get honest answer. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so <laughs> now I, I did see doctors early on, um, given their- their concern, kind of foreseeing this, you know, cancer patients or diabetics or dialysis or, you know, whatever the situation may be that's that's pretty dire day to day, um, not getting the care that they need. So now what we touched on, you know, with the, you know, we're all in this together and a lot of this, and I know you guys have faced this with other issues, you know, politically slash socially, legally, all in that realm, um, but it's the social society's perspective on the conversation, on the topic. And so it comes off like for us to have this conversation, you know, it's like, you know, you don't care about anyone. You just want to make money. You just want to go out to eat. And we care about people dying, you know? So it's like this societal view. I mean, have you seen the people like the mobs yelling at people for not wearing a mask and running them out of stores? And, and so, mm -hmm. so society gets a little crazy, you know, with this stuff. Um, you know, Kim, we already got you fired up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make you sit on the coals for a little bit, <laughs> um, Steve. Um, okay, I'm done. Go no, no, no. I don't want you to go anywhere. You know, but um, Steve, no, no, no. I mean, any thoughts about that? I mean, society. Just what, what's the quote? You know, uh, perception of reality is more important than reality itself. Sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and it's how society is perceiving this, and they're, you know, man, what, what do you think about that? You gave all the hall monitors named Karen uh, <laughs> the ability to write tickets now right, right. is what you've done. You've now given these, and I don't want to call them fear mongering, but, you know, like, you, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be mean or anything, but there are definitely some immunocompromised people out there who we definitely need to think about, especially if we have them in our families. And mm -hmm. so compliance in that issue with masks and stuff totally get, but when, when, when you're getting into um, the Karens and the policing of people and their and and what they're doing, um, I, I think that uh, we're in we're in a dangerous um, precedence here. Um, I think the general public probably shouldn't be in the, the position or the profession of tattling or telling on people. Mm. I think throughout history, we've seen that um, there's been genocides that have been committed, um, you know, by the by the tens and twenties, you know, that I can come up with, mm -hmm. specifically on telling on your neighbors and 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 not respecting their their, their personal beliefs and their private boundaries. Um, you know, the the legal aspect of the businesses requiring masks and stuff like that. You know, I, I can get that, especially when it comes to liability issues and stuff. Mm. You know, you got to start thinking about whether somebody's going to sue a business if they know they got COVID from in there, blah, 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 blah. Right. So, um, you know, that aspect you got to think about. But just the fact that people um, 
uh, tattlers or, or, or people who are just in fear attacking or mobbing someone mm -hmm. um, because uh, the mask uh, they can't breathe through. Uh, there, there's several reasons why people cannot wear masks or can, you know, can only wear it below uh, their nose or something like that. Like right. uh, I, I wear a, I, I bought one of those KN95 masks and, and I'll be honest with you, they're really hard to breathe in. Mm -hmm. it, it gets really hot. It gets, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. definitely, and uh, you know, we, we have had experience in like M40 gas masks and things like that. <laughs> uh, and I can assure you those are valve. So they're way, way easier to breathe in than some of these, these, these cloth masks or even the, the filter masks that we're breathing in. And, and we know, then we can get into the issues of, um, you know, what are the health issues? What are the health uh, concerns of breathing your own oxygen or, or CO2 in basically? Mm -hmm. I, I think I saw an article where someone passed out yeah. um, from from driving uh, and, and breathing. So, you know, it, it's not the same. And, and, and to give a, a blanket authority to uh, a lot of individuals who just want to tell on people mm -hmm. um, because they're not following rules is, is to me a little dangerous. And, and I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, but isn't that like one of the first steps of these societies that go down this dark path is tattling on your neighbor, you know? And I think, um, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, um, Steven Crowder, um, comedian, co conservative commentary, you know, um, no, his shtick, his comedy or whatever aside, but he made it, he made a valid point recently that when you ask people, like people talk about Hitler and Nazi Germany and whether it's the six or eight million or whatever it is, um, how did that all begin? They don't really teach you, you know, what came first. And it's really mm -hmm. weird. Like, like people just all of a sudden started gassing people. No, it started with simple policies like this. And not to say that that's the plan, but it's something mm -hmm. to, I think to be mindful of and, and to be careful with. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I have a, a unique perspective. I actually served in Bosnia um, right after they had signed the uh, the Dayton Peace Accords and implemented the peace uh, agreement that uh, the Bosnian genocide. Mm -hmm. um, and while you're driving down the road in, in Croatia and southern Croatia, as you cross the border into Bosnia, um, you can actually see that there'll be a, a, a house that's fine and another house that's fine and then a house that's blown up or raised to the ground uh, and then another house that's fine and then another one that was blown up. And, and, and you can actually see like, OK, this individual was Serbian, this individual was Serbian, this individual was Muslim. They're all the same ethnicity, but they're just different religions. And you could tell whose neighbor told on who and what they did. Wow. And they went door to door and they they burnt these places to the ground because they said they didn't want to live in their filth. Who's they? You said they uh, the Serbians gotcha. did this to either the Croats or the the, the Muslims um, on on that side. So based on neighbors. Telling on neighbors. Based on neighbors, based on neighbors saying, here's a Muslim that lives next door to me. And they would go to their house. They would take them in. They'd put them on a bus. They'd take them down to the Sava River where they had dug a hole um, and they would execute the, the, the boys and the men there. And then they would take the, the women and put them in a camp where the Serbian soldiers would come in the evening. And, um, you know, yeah, so. It was, it was it was quite an experience to see the aftermath of when I was 18. I would I would think so at 18. Wow. I would think so. Um, man, so <laughs> where do you, where do you go from there? Where, what's, what's the healthy transition <laughs> from Serbian well, genocide? Don't tell your neighbors. Right. That's the whole thing. Don't, don't snitch. That's the whole thing. Just, you know, Nobody mind your own snitch. P's and Q's and mind your own business. You know, like, I don't just, even snitch on people like, I don't like. Right. I would so, never be a snitch. I don't like snitches. Don't like snitches. Um, 
So, I, like I mean, all right. So let's, as like, all right. So, so I think the Karens and the, the snitching or whatever and telling your neighbor, <laughs> I, again, I think it's, and I don't want to, I don't want to go too far with the language, but I want to say that it, it seems it's, it's a trait of, or response to like social conditioning, you know? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and I, I've said this this whole time is like, it's really weird that if you ask a question or if you just are vocal about a little bit of, you know, being discontent, not, you know, not, not dramatic, but just like, you know, have anything against um, the regular narrative. It's, it's almost like you're a bad person, you know? So it's, it's, it's framed into a moral situation to then therefore, and that's why I think it's okay that you can tell on someone else and that, and like, again, like, you know, Crowder, not to just recycle, you know, his stuff, but, that you think it's okay to call men with guns to take away someone that just had a different opinion, yeah. you know? And I don't, I don't think that's, that's, I think that's kind of par for the course right now. Right. Yeah. I took this constitution class last year and I only got to take half of it cause they had to move the location. And with the kids, I just couldn't manage the new location. But for the first half, we learned about the different forms of government mm-hmm. and there was one form of government that, you know, they run over, you know, anarchy and um, a republic and, uh, you know, a de- democratic. And um, one of them in particular was what was dangerous. And it, and it talked in the class, it talked about how each form of government given past history shows us how it leads in society. If it's mm-hmm. a downfall, if it's good for society, whatever. And one of them was about, um, how you they would convince the masses, one form of government to convince the masses of something and make them overtake anybody else. Eventually this form of government leads to this. And then the and then they could overtake everybody else who doesn't agree. But that government always fails every single time history shows. And that was a democratic government, I learned. Mm-hmm. That's one yep. of the tactics. And I didn't know that. That was information and I'm sure a lot more goes into it. It's far more complex. But it's society. I learned that societies that have that form of government always lead to failure, right. and they do it by convincing and controlling the masses. Now, and what, it's not now, hard to do, apparently. Uh, doesn't seem like it's hard. To, not at all. Um, no. Now, now, to my, I'm not. I'm definitely not an expert. I'm. I'm an enthusiast or a hobbyist. I, I have an interest in. Um, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, the, the framing, you know, of everything, right? And my understanding is them looking at these other societies, looking at the other form of governments, which is why they did not create a, a full democracy, which is why they created a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. one of my questions, you led to this, but one of my questions was, do you think we are still governed as, and I, it's important to say governed as a constitutional republic? I just want to say, as someone who, a medical marijuana patient who's lost their Second Amendment rights for no other reason than choosing mm-hmm. a medicine that the federal government doesn't believe in, right. I don't really see where the Constitution is helping me now. I mean, I'm having to fight, and luckily there's you know legislators in our state who created a bill for that, and we pushed it, and it was going to pass and get signed by the governor and everything this year, but then corona happened and ruined all that. So we have to start again next year with SB79 but um, to restore firearms rights to medical marijuana patients. But um, I see all the time things happening, and I'm wondering where the Constitution is then. Like, like yeah, it helps you because it gives you, I guess, something to stand on and fight with but 
That's not after experiencing loss of rights, hiring a lawyer, mm -hmm. passing a legislation, taking something to court. Like, it's not like the, right. the Constitution just right. saves us automatically. And I'm wondering why not? be honest with you steve do you like have an answer to that? i feel like it's not i feel like it's not respected and if you really want to know the truth i feel like half of our legislators more than half have never even they swear an oath mm -hmm. to uphold and defend the constitution how many do you think have even read the constitution right. i know a lawyer i know a lawyer who said he took a constant who obviously he took constitution classes and whatnot and they never even read the actual mm -hmm. <laughs> verbiage they studied it Yep. I feel like that should be something that all Americans mm -hmm. should have to do. I saw that on but Facebook. Certainly anyone, certainly anyone who takes an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution should know it front and back. And whether they agree or not, that's the Constitution that right. you promised to uphold. So what's happening? Why aren't we doing that? And why is this okay? It's how I feel about a lot of things in life. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, and I, I would I would argue, you know, like you said, even citizens, you know, because I mean, as citizens, we take an oath. As citizens, we we at least play a role in it. To be familiar, it's like it's like playing Monopoly and never read the rules. Playing any kind of board game, yes! and you're not even familiar yes! with the rule book at all. So it's like, you know, if someone and if you ever that person that says no, the rules say this, and everyone else is just ignoring you. Well, this is how we play, and that seems to be a lot what goes on now. I saw recently someone saying, "Man, we could really use a public reading of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights." You know, and just going to read them and you look and as you start reading, you think about what's going on there. You're like, wow, how are we doing any of this right now? You know, it yes. really seems out of place. It almost like we're in a different country. So, um, um, you know, Steve, do you think we're still governed as a constitutional republic? I mean, in certain instances, yeah, you can see it where um, they will. Uh, they'll say, well, the federal government um, doesn't have the mandate to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I ha I can see in some instances, but you know, um, it, it, to me, it's executive power is the way that I'm reading it right now. It's it's kind of whatever the executive branch wants to do and wants to mm -hmm. kind of get involved with. You know, we're seeing uh, that it's more of you know I'm going to defer to the governors and let them kind of handle their own business. Mm -hmm. But if you overstep your bounds, then I'm going to come and over you know and then you know and, put the hammer down on. But you. wasn't it supposed to be the opposite way? You know, well, mm -hmm. not not complete opposite. Like, I think the first part was right, like deferring to the local government, you know, but mm -hmm. the, 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 the checks and balances were to make sure that the person sitting at the top didn't have power, you know? The oh, person, yeah, absolutely. So it's supposed to be oh, us absolutely. checking up, not mm -hmm. checking down and yeah, saying, well, if the people down low get it wrong, I'll fix it. Right. Yeah. It was done to put the, the, the checks and balances on the federal government, not on the people. Right. Um, And I don't know. I guess it's more of a philosophical or uh but i i mean what should we get back to that and it, i mean i mean like again it's a, it's a philosophical but because i don't think the three of us are going to do anything about it today but um <laughs> i don't know and i think that's that's a big problem right now you know is is I, i'm i don't know if it's that easy to just change laws or if it's even something we should be interested in doing but i would be more okay with it if you would just at least change the rule book so that what you were doing was at least in line with the rule book. That's the only problem I have mm -hmm. is that I see another set of laws and I see, like executive orders. I don't understand executive orders. I don't understand. Like I understand what their intention was for, what their purpose was for. But, you know, not even just today, but in, in modern history, the last 20 years, it's just been used. So the president, you know, the executive branch 
can write laws. You know, well, that that's mm-hmm. not really what yeah. it was for. You know, um, no, it's not. So that we we have so much going on. Um, well, let me ask this, and and you, you know, Kim, you talking about the gun stores being shut down and that being weird, and th- I mean things like that will put a citizen that's familiar, you know, with the Constitution, with the laws, with the powers of government, and the over overreach. It'll put a citizen like that on edge, and make you like, yeah, that's the time you want to get to a gun just to be able to protect your family or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. if that's your course of action. Um, but with the protest, you know, peaceful protest, just, uh, you know, um, cause civil disobedience or what have you. I'm just saying you don't have this right. We have a right to stand out here. We have a right to, you know, live our lives or whatever. Um, I mean, what, what's the tipping point for the general American? What's the tipping point where enough's enough, you know, before we really start to, I'm not trying to start a militia or a mutiny here, but but what's the right. point where you check, you know, the legal powers and say you don't have that right? Well, honestly, I think it's going to take citizens and constituents getting on their legislators to get involved, to get on their law their lawmakers because mm-hmm. see Governor Carney's not the only the elected official. You know, we have senators and we have representatives and we need strong ones to stand in and voice all these things that are wrong and stand up for their you know, constituents. The thing is, the people that are afraid of this virus and still think that it's like going to take mm-hmm. everybody out, they're not going to change. They are going to wake up every single day for the next how many more months? With a paycheck. And with a paycheck right. and still post mm-hmm. about the how awful everyone is for wanting to protest, for wanting their rights back. They're going to say, you know, you're just selfish because you want your nails done. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. You know, I, I don't know. This wasn't, like I said, this wasn't Ebola. This isn't. It's not as bad as we thought. This is not how you go about quarantining. You quarantine the sick or the vulnerable. You don't stop the whole world. And that is what has happened. And I'm going to tell you, people will keep people more and more will stand up. They will. The people who are scared and want this and want to stay isolated, that that number of people, they're going to stay how they are. They're not going to change. The people who are remaining silent, they're going to start coming forward more and more. Mm-hmm. People who can't send their kids back to college again in the fall, they're going to come out and say more and more. I mean, it's truly, look, I think there is a time and a place for a protest. I think there's a time and a place for civil disobedience. Sometimes what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And if people won't listen, get more forceful. I'm not talking about hurting anyone. I'm not talking about violence. Violence, but I'm talking about stop at nothing. Be prepared to burn a bridge. Don't be afraid to upset your senator or upset your representative. Guess what? That's their job. You're not always going to agree with them. They're not always going to agree with you. Call them out if you need to. If you have to, if that's what you need to do, do it. If you need to call on different government agencies, if you need to get loud and voice something, do it. Don't just hide in the shadows. Don't be afraid you're going to upset anyone. And, oh, what will my friends on Facebook say? Who gives a crap what your friends on Facebook say? Rights are being taken. And it is. That's the truth. People are so afraid of being looked at as... um, Crazy. No, Mm -hmm. not even crazy. Yeah, that's that's part of it. It's not crazy to want your rights, though. It's... it's, it's, Oh, my God. They're setting up... They're they're upsetting my timeline. They're crazy. 
they're, they're always ranting on stuff. Yeah. Look, there are, people, there are people that yeah. just don't want this to end because they're making more money sitting home than they would if they went back That's to work. True. There is yep. that group of people too. Yep. There are all different groups of people. And you know what? The more and more, the more this goes on, people are going to step up because at some point, what do you have to lose? What is more important, your rights or what people think about you? Mm-hmm. And not only that, we need to think of our children and grandchildren because this was eye-opening how quick the government could take over, mm-hmm. shut everything down. And if you think people have forgotten that, they haven't. Right. There's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of backdoor talk. There have been a ton of meetings that have blown my mind. There have been, I mean, gosh, the organizations, the underground organizations and um, businesses that have emerged out of this organized and even i mean i cannot even tell you Mm. so you know and not only that here's another thing for the government to remember prohibition of anything does not work right ever right you shut down a business they're going to find another way to make money Mm -hmm. yep and that's exactly what happened yep except for not everybody not everybody a lot of people are still are still hanging on they're trying to be honest people but i think they've taken it way too far i think people should protest Right. I think and people I, should protest and but that should get loud. just like sometimes being active. To, well, you were saying yeah, about get active and get do active. something. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. right. Get, listen, get out from behind that screen. If you see something that needs to, needs to be done and you know you could organize some neighbors, sometimes just calling a couple neighbors and they each bring a friend too. Well, now you just gathered 10, 10 people. Mm-hmm. You got 10 other people doing the same. You got 100. Before you know it, you got 200, 2,000, 20,000. 80,000. Sorry. I think the best thing to do is just live your life. You know, just, just, just go out there and do what you got to do. And eventually this will be all over with But the problem uh, and, is, and, and vote them out. But yeah, well, the problem with that is some people who are living their lives have now been arrested mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. had their, you know, ship docked and their business shut down and yep. they have warrants and they've been threatened with summons. And, and so like at one point, that's kind of why I wish everybody would just stand together. You can't arrest us all. Right. You can't, right. you know, shut down everyone's business. At what point are the people going to stand together? And, you know, all it would take is a little bit of organization. But unfortunately, the people, a lot of people would have to fall on some swords because they'd be making examples out of the ones who stepped up. Right. You better believe that. <laughs> um, boy. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I, think, I think what's important you know, because again, if in my mind, I think in steps, you know, before you get to something outrageous happening, you start off with things like telling your neighbor. Well, the reason they tell their neighbor is because they think their neighbors are bad. Well, the reason they think it's bad is because, you know, perception has pretty much been determined of these are good yeah. people. These are bad. So I think the first thing is for, you know, a listener or anyone saying that is like, well, look, like you said, get from behind the screen. And I would say first thing is let people know it's not bad, which is why the first thing when I started this off is like, look, I'm not disrespecting anyone affected by COVID, uh, you know, and and why. And I would say probably even you guys were probably quick to acquiesce or or um, accommodate whatever the request for. OK, stay home, do this. OK, because this thing could be bad. Let's I think everyone did that initially. And then after some time and after data and after results. We start saying, okay, guys, enough's enough. Stop moving goalposts. Stop changing. Stop, you know. Um, but we didn't start off just rebelling and rejecting. And, you know, um, so I don't know. I will say we, you know, but so the we were good people just like you were. 
You know, we did exactly what we were asked to do, you know, and now we're just saying this doesn't make any sense. And in fact, you actually can't tell us not to do this. You know, let's, let's be real, you know, <laughs> so we're going to, so now let me, let me ask, um, with the protests and cause someone asked this to me, right. And I had, I had two personal views on it, but I want to ask yours. So you go to a protest and what is, what is the, is there a need? I don't even want to speculate, but is there a need to have a firearm or rifle or something with you during the protest? Hmm. Well, here's the thing. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a need, but the second amendment protects it. So it's whatever you want, it's whatever floats your boat. I mean, it, it does, they don't bother me because, you know, how many military installations have I been on where people just sling a rifle across their back and do go about their business. Right. Well, um, so it, it don't bother me. I, some people they bother. And I think it's once again, the fearful Karens uh, of the world that they want to live in fear. Um, but, but for me, um, you know, sometimes it does send a, a little bit of a wrong signal. I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't see the individuals um, like at the rally down in Dover um, who was, who was carrying, I didn't see him carrying it in a way that was any, any way threatening. Mm-hmm. So for him to exercise the second amendment, right, it might scare some people, but it's a right. It's in the constitution. He's protected and he shouldn't be demonized for doing that. It actually, to me, should be normalized so people could get used to it. Um, but I, I do see where it can, especially with our wonderful liberal media here in, in Delaware, they're going to paint a, they're going to paint a picture of, you know, the, you know, like, um, the way that they did to the guys in Michigan, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, just guys, you want to, you want to exercise your right. doesn't mean that you're a bad person. So my answer is a little bit different. Okay. Um, I really wanted SB seven, nine to pass because I, once it does, I am going to open carry, uh, probably just about everywhere I go. I spend a lot of time, um, in the woods, jogging on trails, um, by myself. Um, I, this is going to sound weird to say, but I have some people, I wouldn't call them stalkers, but they're, um, random people get like a little attached and sometimes follow me to Mm. places. And it like I, that I say, I'm going to be, you know, actively involved in. So for me, um, at a protest, especially even, I would love to have just a little, little, little tiny something that probably most people would laugh at um, with a safety because that's going to make me feel more comfortable. But I would absolutely carry it on me everywhere I go because I have I have been grabbed in broad daylight in downtown Dover shopping. After I was shopping, I left and I, I got grabbed in a firehouse parking lot by a man. And the only thing that saved me was a police officer happened to be in the parking lot, mm. which I'm told is one in a million for that to happen. And, but for me, it did. And I just honestly, and at a protest, I, I certainly would not, not for any other reason than one, it's my right to, to, for me, it is personal protection. Most people I know outweigh me. And I have had people try to assault me in times where I thought I should have been safe. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think there's a way to go about things, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I absolutely would carry it a protest if I if it wasn't against the law for me. I, I, <laughs> I, I have a medical marijuana card. Right. I find it strange that no one, no one, like what you're saying right now, a lot of people really don't consider or don't have an appreciation for that, you know, you carrying a weapon is out of concern for safety for yourself. You know, the people with weapons that are being shown publicly, you know, like 
criminals don't do that. You know, people committing crimes don't do that. They conceal, you know, weapons to do, you know, things like that. But um, mm -hmm. I want to tell you about something. Mm -hmm. You know, that bear shooting that happened, the bear veteran cemetery. No, uh -uh. you don't know about that. No, wow, the guy that came and shot the two people, the two, the veteran and his wife that were there visiting their son. Okay, wow. so like two weeks ago. Oh, it was a meme. Yeah, I, well, I, it was. I saw a still picture of the victim and the assailant, or whatever you would. Yeah, it's just you know, you, you why would I want to carry a firearm with me at all times? Mm -hmm. Well, because that, that exactly forty eight hours to the minute before that bear shooting. Steve and I were walking the grounds mm -hmm. out in the open, unarmed, and would have had no way to defend ourselves. And I have learned in my 39 years of life that danger can be lurking around the corner at any time. I've experienced it. I don't know if it's because I'm a woman and I'm smaller that I've experienced it a few times more than most people in my life, but I've had too many close calls. And so, so you know what? At a protest, you never know if someone's going to get angry. Mm -hmm. You never know mm -hmm. if there's going to be a mob of people. You never know. So honestly, I think people should absolutely be able to, as long as they're, you know, not in a threatening way, which by the way, most people I carry, I know carry are not threatening people. Mm -hmm. In fact, I feel safer when I'm around them. Right. And it, again, you know, hopefully, and I don't even know how serious some people are. Like you said, the Karens or whatever, they're, they're not going to change their mind or whatever we, you know, um, there is always a group of people on either side that is not going to move, but to the reasonable few, you know, that are, I, I just hope they consider things like that, that it's not all, you know, gun nuts or, you know, they think of like Waco, Texas and, you know, all the extreme yeah. right wing. I mean, people make it really more than what it has to be, but I feel like it's, it's almost like you got to, you have a preteen and you, you have these crazy rules and monitoring their life and you almost push them to do radical things from overparenting. the government kind of does the same thing and pushes these these you know moderate extremists to extremism uh, if that's even the case but you you do things that that provoke you do things that push people to want to guard their rights to want to protect themselves to form whether it be small militias or whatever the case may be um and 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 like well i don't bring up waco but like you know tragedies like that that happen i think from kind of government escalating you know the situation um mm -hmm. even if they are crazy you, you know um yeah. leave them alone you know but nonetheless um but as as a you know i i was talking to someone about that they were like well you know with the guns like why with the guns you know i said well look i kind of have two views on it you know i would say that yeah if you're if you're trying we we there's there's one side of my brain that says Man, if you're trying to get something done and it's already a sensitive subject, then you know why you know throw fire on the flame or whatever. But mm -hmm. this is this is a fund like the game, the Monopoly board. These are fundamental rules yep. that not only does the person have a right, but in a situation like this, they probably should have it on them to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. If anything, even government were to do something wrong, you know. And mm -hmm. I, I said, you know, hypothetically, because I'm not trying to form militia, I, you know, anything like that. But hypothetically, you know. Thinking of the Constitution, thinking of our country, you know, protesting, right? If you protest against your government doing things that they do not have the power to do, and if they come to shut you down and you're there to stay, 
I think you better have something on you if you plan on getting something done. I'm not saying go to war with, you know, with, um, you know, m- m- the military or police, whoever may be involved at that point. Um, but if it was, I'm talking about, you know, um, a revolution, I'm talking about a serious, serious problem in the country. If you go to just lightly protest and they mm-hmm. come with weapons and just tell you go away, then what good is your protest if you're not there for the duration? Yeah. Does that make any sense? I mean, obviously we're not talking about no, minor issues or, or policy, but um, I'm just, just big picture, worst case scenario. I think that uh, when, when we signed up, we swore uh, a constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, and I, I think that uh, the government can, can definitely be an enemy of the actual government you know, right. or the rules of government. Uh, so I think it's almost a duty um, that if, if if things did go south um, in, in terms of rights and 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 freedoms being um, slowly eroded away, mm-hmm. um, I think it is a duty for all of us, especially as veterans. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. it's something that me and my friends talk about and wrestle with. Uh, and my and my friends are 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 on the political spectrum across the, in, the entire gamut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Good. all of them wrestle with, you know, if mm-hmm. this comes to it, yeah. it's, it's our duty to step in and protect the citizens and, and uh, yeah. against the government. And so to me, I mean, like we're, we're, we're kind of already in a, in a brotherhood and sisterhood of individuals who are ready to, to, mm-hmm. to protect that constitution and, and protect that. So um, yeah, I think having, uh, and and to actually answer your questions a little bit better, uh, <clears throat> having the weapons at the rallies, I, I definitely see your point. You you never know what wacko is going to be out there taking pop shots. Could have been the could have been the shooter that uh, that did the, uh, the the veteran cemetery. What happens if he decided to to target a, a rally like that? Well, at least we have individuals there that could that could neutralize that threat before it, it got out of hand in any way. So so uh, no. Talking to family about all this, like early on, I had to like, you know, kind of interject. Now I'm not trying to give way to any conspiracy theories here or anything like that, but because you realize, like, when you start asking questions, when you kind of speak anti-government or something, that that you know, there's a saying in like sales and marketing that whoever pays more for the customer gets them. You know, advertising dollars. Whoever can spend more will get the client, and I think it's mm-hmm. true with media and public perception. You know, they have an arsenal. They have way more money. They have way more tools and way more influence on the average citizen. And they say that that guy's a gun nut. They say this or they say that. And so, unfortunately, there's a a huge obstacle in front of us. Um, And they say a whole bunch of other stuff with COVID and everything else that if you just ask the question, well, then it makes you sound like, like, well, hold on, I'm not, I'm not making any claims here. I'm not like, I don't want to start a militia. I don't want to do any of this stuff, <laughs> but it's, a, it is American in its nature to discuss these things, to talk about mm-hmm. these things, to point out the wrong that the government's doing, the rights that we have, what we ought to, the, the, the civil, um, as citizens, I mean that in definition as a citizen, um, actions that we should be taking, but also civil in a, um, you know, uh, moral, you know, peaceful way. Um, be responsible and right and and you know you know steve and and kim you spoke to a little bit but steve you know you said you know look we swore an oath you know to defend against you know enemies foreign and domestic and i want to express the sediment of reluctancy you know that i sensed you know in the conversation that that you that that quote is not in the news that quote is not you know in the front lines of some of these discussions that you know it's like being 
the reluctant revolutionary, being the reluctant outspoken person or whatever the case may be, because you're not seeking war. You're not seeking a problem with these people. You're not seeking a, a war uh, with senators and representatives and governors and whatnot. Um, you're just pointing out what's wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and just, just to have a discussion. Now, lastly, before I go, because, you know, in nature, this is a, a Christian podcast and, and coming from a Christian perspective, I want to share with you guys kind of a, it's just, just a conflict I'm in personally as a Christian and maybe get your thoughts on it. But so one big thing, whenever there's a problem with government, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's one major, and it was in the meme that I told you guys about, but there's one scripture that's like always at the top of the list. And that's uh, Romans, the 13th chapter, where it basically tells you to obey your rulers, obey the government. And I, and I get where he, I get where he's coming from. What he's saying is, look, if you don't go around breaking laws, then those those, even if it's uh, extreme, uh, like terrible rulers, well, they're not a, really a threat to you if you obey laws, you know, which, you know, obviously it makes sense. If I don't go around breaking the laws, I don't suffer the punishment of the laws or have to face the government or anything like that. But so th there's this, there's this conflict I feel as an, as an American citizen, which honestly I would, I would, I'm personally, I would say a Christian first. I'm a Christian, I'm an American, or I'm a, I'm a citizen of the faith first, but I'm a citizen of America. I'm, you know, a taxpayer and a law abiding citizen, all of that. But part of our civil duty is to peacefully, respectfully, whatever, um, is to tell government when they go too far. Mm -hmm. and I don't know. So I feel at this weird place, but then, you know, the example that I'm given in my faith is just obey what the rulers tell you to do. And then we're at this other weird place, a secondary weird place where one ruler saying yes. And the other ruler says, no, it's like, man, this is confusing. Sounds like the governor and the federal government. Yes. Which one do you listen to? Yes. So now, now, um, I don't know, Steve, do you have any thoughts on this? I keep going to Steve cause I don't want to get Kim wound up, <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> no, just joking. I am kind of a firecracker. My bad. But, no, again. you're good. Ask, ask the question one more time. So now, now um, again, this is coming obviously from my, my Christian perspective that, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm taught to obey the rulers, obey yeah. government, because if I'm obeying them, they won't be a trouble to me or my family. Mm -hmm. But as a citizen of America, where the principle of a good citizen is that when your state or federal, federal government oversteps and goes too far, us as citizens are supposed to tap them on the shoulder and remind them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like it feels contradictory. It feels like mm -hmm. my faith is telling me to do the opposite. My faith is telling me just shut up and go with the flow. If they make up a new rule tomorrow, just follow it. But I don't feel like that's good for my faith or my family. Mm -mm. Right. And as a citizen, it's a responsibility. I think, I think we're supposed to have principles in there too. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I, I sense your conflict. I actually, uh, the governor and the, the president always mm -hmm. going back and forth between the rules and stuff, which one's which. Right. I always just look at it as this Delaware State Police follow what Carney says. So they're the ones that are going to tell me when I'm in the wrong at this point. Mm -hmm. But it is also my duty to disobey unjust laws. Mm -hmm. Remember that I don't even I can't remember. Can you define that? Can you define unjust laws? Unjust laws. Uh, sure. Telling on your neighbors. The way that the Holocaust was started, uh, it was actually just like you said, a small bit of policies. One of them was to turn on Jewish businesses, close them down, and Kristallnacht happened, which was a night in which people rioted in the streets and destroyed Jewish businesses because Hitler wanted to find out 
what he could poke and prod and what he could get away with. And that's what led, because people didn't mind that, the moderates said nothing. So he kept going. So to me, when there's an unjust law, uh, and I and I think that our moral compasses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I was I was raised uh, a, a Christian, and I think my moral compass is definitely aligned with everyone else's, mm-hmm. and, and that is um, to obey the, the the just laws, which are the the ones that are that are written um, that that protect people, like like hitting someone else or or murder or so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But when when the government puts out laws. Um, that 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 go against the freedom in which I think uh, religion is founded upon, especially Christianity is founded upon. Uh, it goes against that. I think it's it's morally responsible for someone to say, "I'm not going to listen to that. I, I'm going to to say something else. I'm going to raise a ruckus. I'm going to start a protest, and I'm going to stop my government from doing that. And, and hopefully, they they adhere to what the population says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kim? <laughs> I think, um, well, to be quite honest, and since we're bringing Christianity and God in, into it mm-hmm. um, directly, honestly, I've always done personally what I feel is right in my heart. And so if it's God putting that there, if it's my moral compass, if it's whatever it is, if something feels wrong, it probably is. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that some laws are unlawful and immoral. Mm-hmm. And just because a judge says it says it's okay, mm-hmm. if it still feels wrong, then either don't do it or stand up against it, honestly. Right. And so look, laws are man-made and men are flawed. Mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, I would listen to my faith and what feels right in my heart. And, you know, not everyone has the same moral compass, so that may not be the best thing for everybody. But I know for me personally, it is. That would be the right thing to do. I do everything based on what feels right. And if that's God that placed that on my heart, then so be it. You know, I have asked a million times why I am the way I am and why I can't just live a quiet life and not have to raise hell everywhere I go because I feel so like I just cannot keep my mouth shut when I see something's wrong and I've got to stand up for it. And you know what? I think God made me that way. I think God has given me the courage to do all that. And so, you know what? I'm just going to keep rolling with it and keep doing what I'm doing. I think uh, also uh, a perfect, since you like to bring in the meme world, yeah. Oh, I yeah. just, I just, I just saw one today that was uh, the farm farmers insurance one. Okay. And so it, it says at the top, "Why don't you trust your government?" And of, <laughs> course, of course, it's got veterans written there yeah. across the guy, and it says, "We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so that's also wow. health, healthy skepticism from us. Actually, came from um, experiences in which the government goes, "I know you had leave, but that's a gonna be a no today." Right. <laughs> yep. Wow. Well, you know, you talking about um, Germany earlier. I don't know if it made me think of this scene in the movie. I can't place the name, but it had it's something um, like Swing Kids or something. It was like kid, like Swing being like jazz dancing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie or remember it at all. But this was during an era where they were banning, just like burning books. They were banning certain, uh, especially black um, jazz players, their records and stuff. Mm-hmm. And these kids mm-hmm. just want to get a hold of the records, but they come into the to the family's uh, living room and their parents are entertaining company and they hear them chatting and they don't agree. I can't remember it verbatim, but it was like they disagree what was going on, but you could tell they're kind of whispering about it in their home. 
but they're going to go along with it because they were like upper class, you know, middle to upper class, moderate. And they thought this was crazy, but they're just going to go along with it. You know, they're, they're not saying anything, you know, and the kids are just, you know, I don't want to say outraged, but, um, so God, I hope, you know, I mean, who wants to be the hellraiser? You know, like, you know, kind of say people ask you that. It comes with a lot of criticism and for every single person that supports you, there's another person that doesn't and they're upset at what you're trying to do. And, you know, it does take courage and energy and determination and passion, quite frankly. And it's stressful. It's extremely stressful. But it's going to take it, but it takes those people to stand up and say, this is not Mm -hmm. right. Right. And it can't continue. And we need that for ourselves and for future generations. We need people like that. And so, you know, if you're a quiet person and you happen to be listening to this and you know, loud people, if you believe in what they're saying, support them, help them get with them and see how you can help and still remain behind the scenes because the fact of the matter is most people will. Most they don't want to. They don't want to make waves. They don't want to ruffle feathers. Mm-hmm. They don't want the tomatoes thrown at them. Mm-hmm. But that comes with a cost. Yep. And you're going to pay the price down the road. That's my concern, and that's why I think of this. The sentiment from a lot of people that they're not saying out loud is that man, whatever's going on right now, the effects of it are going to be worse than the virus, and both economically mm-hmm. and uh, legislatively. You know, like legally, the government, the laws, the policies, the actions of our leaders. Um, that was just, and I think what really scares me personally the most is how quick I acquiesce, you know, how quick just out of wanting to be a good citizen, be a good neighbor. I was upset with, with, uh, other churches. And I'm like, why are you opening right now? And cause they're making fake commandments that don't exist. Like thou must have church, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a commandment. It does. Like yeah. you mentioned all the good things that it can do outside of just the service, but, but there's no reason why, whether digitally, I, I commended a pastor here in Milford who had the pull-up service before it was really an issue. He was just, we'll do the drive-up service. Um, just out of, I'm like, well, I'm not even that fearful. Fearful. I don't mind taking precautions, but I'm not that fearful of it. But at the same time, why would I do something to scare my neighbor if I'm in a religion that tells me to love my neighbor and not do anything to offend them? I mean, with, mm-hmm. other than denounce my faith, obviously. But um, within, within reason, um, very few things as Christians, are we given the right to, um, offend, to disrespect or to disobey? Very few things. We're supposed to be peaceable first. We're supposed to, you know, do these things. Very few, uh, clauses or exception to the rule. Um, but I didn't get it. Ah, but for you personally, it is your responsibility to protect your wife right. and those beautiful children of yours. Right. So. That's also, you know, God has called on you to do that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So at what point, you know, that, that, that's your job. Oh, yeah. And so, and that's your responsibility and well, both of your, you and your wife's responsibility to share it together. Right. So even if, a, if you have to do something that goes against the law, mm-hmm. what is your first and, you know, foremost priority? That wife and children. Right. Right. And so... You know, it's, it's, it's hard when it, when it's, when it's conflicting because you want, you know, most of us, we want to do the right thing and we want to good, be a good person and we want to be polite and we don't want to scare anyone. We don't want to help spread the virus, you know, but at what point has it gone too far? And that's where you really need to look inward and ask yourself what is right. And just because it's law does not make it right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We can go down a laundry list of things that were legal that were wrong, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
So anyway, absolutely. Well, look, guys, um, I'm not going to hold you any longer. This was this was great. I really just enjoyed hearing from you guys, um, both of you contributing um, so much just for me, just to have the have the discussion. I really appreciate it. I hope you know anyone listening um, doesn't take sound bites. I'm always concerned, especially when it comes to the faith things we talk about religiously. I'm worried that people are going to take um, they're going to extract one piece of it and then go extreme with it, you know. They're going to take it out of context. or You know what I mean? So I'm always scared of what people would do with our words outside of what we intended. Um, so I hope people listen to um, the responsibility, the care, the reluctancy, you know, not being overzealous, you know, to have a beef with your government, how to pro, you know, um, show yeah. up with guns and stuff. But um, but they're just inconvenient realities, in my view, you know, that things that we have to deal with as citizens um, for the good of the community, for the good of our country, for the good of our family first, you know. Um, so I really, really appreciate your time. Like I said to Steve, kind of off the side, I was like, it's really hard to get people to want to do this because who wants to sit in front of a camera? And like you said, be judged for every single word that comes out of your mouth, you know? Yep. Um, so anyway, you know I what, though? Don't don't be scared that anyone's going to take our words and make sound bites that make us look different than how we intended it. Because you know what? If you're going to be scared all the time like that, you'll never say anything. Sometimes you just got to put it out there. And you know what? I'll stand by my words. And if I have to, I'll defend. If someone wants to turn the narrative and make it sound like I said something I didn't or any one of us, you know what? That's not going to stop me. I'm not going to let that fear make me shut my mouth and not say things exactly how they are. I'm going to speak my truth. And if I've got to defend that later, so be it. Honestly, I've already had crazy articles and all sorts of stuff made out of me before and that I found years later and I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So you know what, what else is new? Yep. <laughs> and we've, we've said it, it's, it's a serious problem. And I know it personally, people that just from this instance, um, what, what's going on here recently, it's, I don't, I hate saying people have woken up cause that's so <laughs> cliche and overused, but people start seeing problems and they start, you know, being aware of certain, you know, uh, things that, that we should be aware of. And, but anyway, their first response is, man, well, of course, what do we do in today's world when, you know, we care about something, we post it on social media, you know, so they want to post something on social media, but they didn't want the backlash because they know their friends. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, so what, you know, are they your friends? Mm -hmm. If they won't hear you out and have a respectful conversation, I wouldn't call them a friend, maybe associate, maybe whatever, but maybe you're going to test and find out who your friends are. Um, yep. Some of us are a little further ahead. I, I've, I've learned that, you know, um, I'm more, you guys are more in the, um, you know, political, you know, the policymaking, lawmaking side. Um, my beef has always been with the church. So I'm more protesting against the church, you know, in a modern, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a revolutionary, but, um, you know, like if you guys know the Reformation and Martin Luther, I kind of think it's ironic how it even started because he really wasn't attacking the Catholic church. He was just, it was a, it was an inquiry or an invitation for a public debate on these 95 points against, um, uh, what do they call indulgences basically where you could pay to get away with kind of sins or no, nos um, by making a hefty donation. Um, so he had, he wasn't even arguing against the idea. He was just arguing with some of the, the principles and the way it was carried out and asking for a formal debate and just asking for the discussion was enough to basically um, ignite a war and start the reformation and really allowed guys like Luther to really say, wait a minute, what the heck is going on here? So yeah. You know, so my beef has always been with the faith, been with, with the church and saying, kind of like with the monopoly, the rule book thing, saying, wait a minute, you can't say that. No one gave you power to do that. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to, you know, um, you guys are making all this up, you know, 
So it's not new to me. Like I said, I'm in a little bit different arena than you guys have been, but um, I'm as right. I'm acclimated to it. Like I think you guys are and hopefully, and I'm still standing. My friends are still my friends. My family's still my family. Um, I've seen who really isn't. I don't care. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. Um, I'd rather the friendship. I'd rather camaraderie. I'd rather peace. I'd rather all these things like you guys (laughs) would. Um, So hopefully all of this is encouraging for other people, you know, um, to say, all right, well, reluctantly, I'll dip my toe in the pool, you know, uh, yeah. you know, proverbial, proverbially or whatever, um, to say something, to have an opinion outside of, you know, the popular one. So, mm-hmm. um, again, I know, I know I thanked you, but I can't end without thanking you again, especially you, Steve, being new and, um, probably a little skeptical, like, should I jump in here? Like, what is this? You know, yeah, I really true. appreciate your contribution. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I'd like to come back sometime and hear your opinions on um, the council who chose the, the 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 four books of the gospel and left the other ones out. And, Absolutely. And why, and why you thought that? And then and then I'd also like to go into how King James took the Bible and decided to manipulate that to be able to control citizens in, in England. I think that would be great. Absolutely, man. Uh, you, man, you're right up my alley. You're right up my alley. I, I'm telling you, um, it's it's the whole reason I've got questions. Yeah. Where I, I, like, again, I, I was raised, you know, free will Southern Baptist and everything. And it's one of those things you get out into the world and you're like, that's not true. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, you know, I had the same I had the same problem. So, you know, that's I, I would love to sit and listen to you about that all day. <laughs> right. I Just just the questions themselves pique an interest in me. And again, it's an area that has has probably caused a little bit of division with people, my, my, whether my church or whatever. Um, because mm-hmm. my view on the Bible is very different. Uh, my view on scripture, my understanding of translation and transmission are things that, you know, even my pastor wasn't familiar with. I'm sharing with him, you know, how we got, whether it's the King James or whatever, but how the, all these manuscripts and all these writings came to be. Um, which so then you can't hold to certain sayings, even though they're not part of the, the faith, but they're part of the faith just because they're things we repeat, they're things we say, you know, the inerrant word of God. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about that. You know, so look, I'd love to. I, I, we probably won't end up saying all the same things on the same view, but I'm open to it if you are. I'm cool with it. You know, so yeah, I just want to um, hear your opinion. Sounds awesome. great. Awesome. Yeah, let, we'll have to set that up. So yeah, those right. listening, this, um, stay tuned. We'll have this. We'll have this. <laughs> all right. Um, but man, I really appreciate it. If there's anything you know that happens from here, you guys want to come talk about something else. Um, you know, the door's open. Um, I, I love it. So. Thank you very much. If there's any anywhere that you want people to go to talk to you, I mean, you guys didn't come to promote anything, but if there's anything you want them to get in contact with you, I mean, feel free. Yeah. Just I mean, if anyone needs anything or, I mean, how would people get in touch with us? I don't know. Kim Petters, go. find me. Yeah. Two T's. Right. Right. Steve McGuire. <laughs> We're not hard to find. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Well, outside of that, um, you guys can can listen to this, check this out, and more. Oh, if, and and real real quick, um, YouTube and social media deleting, censoring, you know, deleting so much information. What I'm doing now is I'm trying to download it before it's deleted and upload it to my website. So now I'm hosting censored videos on my website, <laughs> um, not you know, not um. Uh, social media censored, you know, videos like the the doctors out in Santa Monica and stuff that were constantly deleted just for reporting their data. Um, so mm-hmm. this and a myriad of other stuff you can find at axe242.com. Otherwise, you know, Kim and Steve, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please, you know, comment, like, let us know what you thought about this because there was a whole lot going on here. Uh, and other than that, stay tuned for more. Thank you. <laughs>